Be advised that the content of this podcast is for mature audiences due to subject matter. Welcome to the Romantic Truth Podcast. You may also visit us at romantictruth.org or on Facebook at Romantic Truth in the search. Now, without further ado, introducing Jorzen, the host of Romantic Truth from our studio in Las Vegas. Jocelyn here, Romantic Truth, Las Vegas. What we're going to talk about is something that comes up a lot. We're going to ask the question, why do I always attract the guys who are trying to get themselves together? See, we have this myth in our society that people think they have themselves together at any point in life. Here's the first thing you need to look at. One setback, one firing, one economic downturn, one illness, one anything, and your ass is back the way you were as ground one at, at the start. We have to look at that. I know I said ground one at ground zero. Slip of the tongue there. It was intentional. Here's the thing, we would like that to be the case with men, with meeting women who had their shit together, so to speak, euphemistically, and ladies of course always want this from guys. Here's the problem, a lot of times women will come to men demanding that but they won't have their shit together. So really, to be quite honest with you, both of you are vulnerable. At any point, at any point. So, what we have to look at is this: the reason why I tell you, just get with someone who can pay their own bills, and you can pay your own bills. You guys will probably have a better chance at it. The reason being, the expectations are already set, and by unifying together. You could probably cut the cost on both sides of the equation. Sitting there expecting somebody to be this benefactor, don't count on that. Because just because that person has the resources, they could put you through hell every day of your relationship because of that. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, but the rule is not the exception. And don't think you're the exception just because you think, feel, believe that it's not going to happen to you. This is how most people get in trouble in relationships. I continue to look at some of the TikToks, the YouTube channels, and different things, and it's interesting how ignorant a lot of people are to the reality, because a lot of people are living in make believe. They go into these relationships just like they're some kind of kid that just read a children's novel. And don't understand the intricacies and difficulties in relationships. Now, you've heard me talk about social climbers. These are individuals who get in relationships deliberately 
to climb up the economic scale. So every person that they get in a relationship is not someone they love. They may love what they do, what they provide, but really don't love them because they love their agenda more than they love anyone, even themselves. That's why they're on this quest, because capitalism is the motivation for many people to get on this quest to try to do better. I knew of a young lady had a guy in her life. He had his own place, had his own money, job, automobile, wonderful career, doing well. He had worked in an industry for 12 years. She got with him. She was content for about a year and a half. He invested in her heavily. Sent her back to school. Really built her up. She thought she could do better. She left him for another man, reaching for someone else. She got this other guy, and her lifestyle improved a lot. But what she didn't realize was the demands that were associated with that reaching for the other guy. With the guy she was with, my friend at the time, she did not have to do. A third as much as she had to do for this other man, and then it got to a point where she wanted to talk to him about some of the things that he wasn't providing for her, because she was really in love with him. He was handsome. He was wealthy, and he told her, instead of you trying to talk to me, you better be preparing yourself for a breakup. And she was like, "What do you mean?" He says, "You're getting too old for me." He says, "What I did was gave you a make good at 25." What was he telling her was that her cutoff was 30, and she was 27 at the time. So what he was trying to do was give her an option to get out of the relationship. You know, she was going to hang in there. She was pressuring him to marry her. He wasn't hearing it. She decided, well, she made a mistake, cut off the sex. He went on and got with someone else. And eventually, he had to share his apartment, kick her out of the apartment he put her in, and she wound up coming back to old boy. Tail between her legs. Talking about the only thing she could do was have a child with him, because she realized that what she had done, she had a good thing and gave it up for bullshit. And my friend didn't take her back, because he and I stuck by the same policy: you only get one opportunity, and that's it. No second chances. If you want forgiveness, go to Jesus. Go to church. Go to a Christian. Not to us. And the reason why we had that policy was because a lot of times this kind of thing was known to happen. It happened to me several times. And so what I started doing was saying, okay, instead of me trying to build this person up, I'm going to 
I look for the requirements, they gotta meet me halfway. Now, for you guys, and ladies too, if you have a degree, I would make that one of the starting credentials, the minimum, before I would date someone else. Because here's the thing. It makes it much easier. It comes down to conversations, jokes, interaction, communications. It's a lot easier. Haven't you ever been with someone and it took them damn near 15 minutes to explain a simple thing? Because they don't have the vocabulary. Because they never really applied themselves to master that so they could be a more effective communicator in life where they could make more money where they could have more of an expansive uh, career choice and meet more people that's something I never understood because you have the opportunity to better yourself at any point in this country but a lot of people don't. They're content as they are. And this is to make yourself more marketable to other people that you desire. One thing I've learned when I was growing up, when I would see people become discriminated against, but then when I saw the same people who looked like me, black people, discriminated against other black people, at first they used to think it was the skin color. In some cases, that was part of it. But there was another element when it came down to their education. And I learned that very, very well when I got to Los Angeles. Because no matter what, you represent the choice a person made in order to hire you. Just like you make a choice when you're accepting a relationship with someone. And the last thing you want is a poor representation of yourself and that person, both your ladies and your men, when it comes down to going out there and socializing. Here are some red flags as men that we pick up on on women. When I see a woman who's camouflaging or concealing herself behind, a lot of fake hair and all the rest of this stuff, all the accoutrements, the tattoos and everything. Underneath that, there's trauma. There are things that have happened in the past that they want to mask. They want the conversation to flow about their tattoo. They want the conversation to flow about the way they look. Not about them. They don't want to talk about themselves. And the reason why? A lot of them are ashamed to reveal some things about themselves. And so you get sidetracked on that. I told you about a lady I met here in Vegas. She had tattoos from her neck all the way down to her ankles. Her whole body was nothing but just a tapestry. Can't tell you how many thousands of dollars she spent on it. We did it, and then we were intimate. I asked her about it. 
and the representation in some of the artwork. Street signs. Stop. She had pictures of herself at different ages of her life. Certain automobiles she had tattooed on her body. It was a beautiful tattoo. Well, I wouldn't say tattoo, tattoo most. All these different things, certain words written in different languages, Mandarin, Japanese, and I asked her about that. And later on, she went through each tattoo. She said all of the street numbers, so and so avenue, that represented a place where she was molested as a child. That whole cacophony of Things on her body represented the pain and the symbolism of things that happened in her life, and the majority of it was sexual. Ninety-eight percent of it was definitely sexual. The stop sign. She says, "I wanted that so that guys would know to stop." That's what I was trying to tell them years ago when they would take advantage of.、Me. The automobiles, the Camaros, and all these other cars—these were the cars that these guys who took advantage of drove. Dates on her sleeve. She had dates, and I didn't know what they were. They went all the way down from her bicep down to her elbow. She had a journal when she was a kid, and used to write down the dates that her folks would molest her. All this was a manifestation of the things that she had experienced. When I met this woman, she was very nice, very well-rounded, very well-spoken. It was winter; she had a turtleneck on, so she was in boots and everything. So I didn't know she had all those tattoos. And boy, once I found out. It was an interesting conversation. It took a long time before she would talk about the look he did, and she told me this is how I manifest all the anger and pain. She says so when people see me when during the summer when I'm wearing a little tank top or whatever, they'll ask me about the tattoo instead of asking about me because my story is so tragic. I've been trying to get her on the show for at least a year and a half now. Still trying to get her here, because I would love for her to talk about what she went through. Says she's not ready yet, folks. These are the things that have to be considered. These are the tangible things in relationships you have to look at. Not a lot of this Pollyanna fly in the sky shit. A lot of these women have been traumatized, and so naturally, when they become adult women, they have this disposition. They have this adversarial relationship towards men, and a lot of the men don't know why. Woman come out of her bag on TikTok or something like that. She's talking about men need to do this. Men ain't this. Men are this. Men are that. And it has a lot to do with. Their exposure in 
earlier times in their lives where they had to deal with a lot of inappropriate behavior. And it's impacted in many ways. Now, we don't like to talk about this because it's private. The one thing that has killed many people off in this country emotionally has been secrets and privacy. People are walking around with emotional baggage right now they will go to the grave with. And this shit is inside of many of the people that you're dating, both men and women. it's not cute and what happens they want to escape from that that's one of the personality traits that you have to also watch as an escapist an escapist is a person that loves to deflect they love to get around tough conversations they don't like talking about things that are challenges they don't like to talk about those things because they want to spend a good portion of their lives in denial. And the problem is, at some point they don't realize denial does run out. Just like the Nile River over in Africa. It has an end. It's beginning and it has an end. And see, once you're off that euphoria and off that hype, you have to deal with the reality of what you dealt with and you try to say you block it out of your mind I, I used to hear a lot of women say that oh I, I block those experiences out of my mind I said yes but here's the problem I see it in your behavior and your actions so what you have blocked mentally has manifested itself into the way you act, the way you interact, the way you behave the way you communicate, the way you treat people that's what they don't realize. It's like putting deodorant on when you're funky. As far as you sniffing of the armpit, you think you're not funky because you just put deodorant on. Where someone who's standing away from you can make the distinction between fresh deodorant and that same outfit you wear with that mustang under the armpit, and they can smell that. That's the way it goes. Now, another thing that comes up besides the masking. And ladies, I'm going to tell you, especially my sisters, I'm going to tell you, this is the reason why a lot of well-rounded brothers don't like the hair weave, don't like the tattoos and all that other stuff. Because the reason being, we leave you for those same guys that you complain about with the sagging pants and the hat turned backwards. We leave you for them. If you notice, with us, what do we usually get? A black woman who maybe has her hair permed. That's it. Or maybe having curly afro. That's it. She doesn't have to do a lot to herself. And she's the same kind of woman a white man would want. 
Because what we want is the basics. You and your girlfriends and those beauticians been telling you all that other shit about what men like. Think about the women that have told you all the things that men like, and you get upset because the men that you attract just want to sleep with you. They objectify you and see you like a sexual object. They do that for a reason. Because many of those young men, the very young men, who give you all these parameters of what they're looking for in a wife, and many of them don't know what a wife looks like because their mother was never married. They grew up in a single home, single parent household. So dad wasn't there. So mom had to have the role of wife and dad. Our mom and dad. So they can't tell you that, and that's the reason why many of you ladies look at them as not knowing. A guy like myself, who had his mother and father, we know what to look for in that sense because we know how an act, a wife's supposed to act. My mother even told me. Do's and don'ts of a wife. I let my husband handle this. I handle this, and it's not about just basic role assignments. It's about certain things that the two of them work together on as a couple. And a lot of these young men didn't have the luxury of having a father. We'll talk more in just a moment. I received another email from Ralph. For those of you who have listened in the past, I received an email from him back in June. I think it was June 20th of this year. To give you some insight, and for those of you just being familiar with what happened in that situation, Ralph is in his 20s. His girlfriend was 18. She invited him to come over to stay the weekend. It was a Friday night. Ralph comes over. He had an adversarial relationship with her mother. Her mother thought he was entirely too old for her. He was not the right guy. Well, she convinces him to come over, and she slips him into her bedroom. Two of them are sleeping together. At around 11:15 or so that morning, or that evening, the mom comes in. They don't notice what's going on. Ralph wakes up. Mama's standing over in the house, with her arms folded, telling him he has to go downstairs and sleep on the couch. 
She goes downstairs. The mother gives him a blanket. She goes back upstairs to the bedroom. Next morning, he wakes up. He hears this loud moaning from upstairs. Now, to be an asshole, what he did, he goes upstairs and opens the mother's bedroom door. The catcher's ready to go with a vibrator. And he's asking her if she needs any lube. At this point, he got kicked out. Now, during that time, the young lady was kind of afraid to leave her mom because after all, she wasn't working. She had life laid out for her. Mom was paying all the bills. She was basically sitting at home after high school and had nothing to do. She was forbidden to see Ralph. She decided one day to tell her mother Rob to go and see him. He shows up at his doorstep and says, Hey, I've burned the bridge with my mom. I'm here for you. Ralph didn't anticipate this. So what he chose to do was let her move in. And now he's writing me because it's been a couple of months since that happened. And he wants to know where he should go with her on this. Now, I wrote him back and told him that he needs to get her educated and he needs to get her a job. I said, those are the two things that are crucial. Send her to community college to get her an education and get her a skill set. Something she can use. Hopefully, he will do that. The reason why I say this is because she was under the impression that she was going to come over, they were going to be lovers, he was going to have his children, they were going to get married, they were going to have a happily ever after. He wasn't quite feeling that. Now, even though he can take care of himself, I told him he needed to really look at her future. Because the last thing you want is a woman who's carrying your children and who's resentful of the decision she made. Now, before this happens, I don't know if she's pregnant now or not. I told him, get her into school. Even though she may hate it, get her ass into school. Get her working. Because you want her where she can establish her own identity, her own independence. Even though you two are still together, you still have a family, still be together as mothers and get married. But in this context, she will have something to fall back on. She will have a career. She will have an education of sorts. She will be able to make it you if the two of you don't work it out. She'll be able to be independent and not be resentful. I'm going to tell you something. What I get are a lot of letters from ladies who have buyer's remorse in their marriage and relationship. I can't tell you how many women that have written in and told me that they were still married, still in a relationship, 
any of the personal ads on all their websites. Because they're looking for somebody to bail them out of that situation. It's a pitiful situation to be in. So I told him in order to avoid this, when she feels this though, she has autonomy. She's growing. And I advise them, don't forget you're older than she is at least by 10 years. So what you're doing now, you're getting her in a place where she'll be able to handle things if something were to happen to you. So in that way, I stuff with just your income and she's dependent on you. You want her to have money put away in social security and retirement so that when she becomes of age, she will have something to retire with. And she's not just depending on trying to fight for your social security because she doesn't have any income. I told her to start thinking long term. Finding out when you're going to have your children. She has all the way until she's about 35 to have kids. At any point along that track, she can have those children. In fact, she could probably work 20 years having kids, 15 years having kids. And that way, you guys face it out. And you have more control of the situation, and the situation doesn't control you. And it gives you a chance to really work with her beforehand. Now, here are some of the complications he wrote me in the second letter. One of them is that he's having an issue with the mother trying to get her back home. Mom is telling her, you don't have to worry about paying, I bought your brand new car, you don't have to worry about anything. She had the car lined you before she left the mom. She left the car with mom. So she is in that position where she still feels that she's obligated to her mother. But she loves this guy. And she cannot be the mediator between the both of them because they're diametrically opposed. The mom doesn't like it because of the age difference, the threat of taking her only child away from her. And they can't expect that of course. So, at this point, she's imploring him to reach out to her mother so that they can resolve that issue. And he wants to know what I thought about that. And I think, in many ways, he should reach out to her. And also, another thing I told him to watch, I suggested be mindful of Mom may think you're too old for her daughter, but not too old for her. Now, I know a lot of people are saying, man, why'd you go there with that? Well, what I, one thing I found out throughout dating, when it comes down to those adversarial relationships, you'll be surprised who wants to screw who. I was in a relationship sister hated me. I didn't know this woman from a can of sardines. Hated my gut. The first day I met her, she says, I don't like you. First thing out of her mouth. 
he's not manly. He doesn't have big muscles. He's not this. He's not that. Now, mind you, this was the very person that asked her sister for my phone number and called me up under the pretenses of、uh, investigating me. What you plan on doing with my sister? She asked. You know,、uh, she's naive and kind of young, and she's not、uh, that good with sex. Was、oh, she going to tell me that? She was trying to market herself. Now, mind you, her sister, the young lady I was dating, was 23. The sister that hated me was 27. The sister that hated me had two children, out of wedlock. The other sister had none. The other sister went to college. The older sister was a cashier at a grocery store. She had the nerve to tell me one evening, she said, "You're the kind of man that I would need, not the kind of man my sister does. You need to move on." It was only obvious what was going on. Now, when I told my girl about this, she told me that her sister would never say something like that. She would never come out that way, and I knew then. I said, "You know what? Let me extricate myself from this mess." And that's what I did. Got out of it. You run across situations like that. The thing I'm telling you, well, that you need to really hear about is you want to make sure. That she has had enough time throughout these years. She's she hasn't even started going into her twenties yet. Of course, she doesn't feel as though she missed out. See, here's the thing, guys. When it comes to a woman and her progression in life, just like with us as men, we want to be able to look back and see the progress we make going forward, so she can make that comparison and contrast. Those 18-year-old girls that were in her peer group that tried to use their body, their finesse, have all these different guys carrying them, putting them on trips, and all this other stuff, as opposed to her, who's now got an education, got a career, and these women will still be trying to get where she is by the time she finishes. They will just be at the starting gate. These are the people you see later on in life. Well, after high school, they're still talking about going to college at 50 to 60, trying to fulfill those dreams, and realize that you live when you have enough to live. So, if you don't get anything else out of this, Oh yeah, definitely do a podcast on it. Remember one thing: you got to grow together. If not, she will outgrow you. Because what will happen is, take her since she had that child, and 
she didn't see anything besides looks that child while you had work. She's been with the kid. What do women usually do when that happens over a period of time? They get bored. And they go online a lot of times. And they meet these guys that are quote unquote the six o'clock guy, the entertainer. He's the guy that's going to amuse her. He's the guy that eventually will get her to go to lunch with. He's the guy that she'll find up wind up sleeping with. And he will be the guy that will take note of everything that you're not doing with her and do it. So this is the reason why you want to afford that by investing in her early. Because right now she's very vulnerable. Once her mother sees this investment and this improvement in her, it's gonna enhance the relationship between you and the mom. It's gonna make it better. Because right now she thinks as though the only thing you can do is bring a negative vibe to her daughter. And she's right to think that. But it's up to you to make the decision as to how you want to handle it. I gave you my two cents in it, but it's up to you to do the work. One and one. Portable telephones are not approved for use in flight. However, you may use certain other electronic devices when advised by your crew. For everyone's safety regulations require your compliance with all lighted signs, placards, and remember instructions. Fasten your seatbelt by inserting the metal fitting into the buckle and adjust the strap so that it fits low and tight around your hips. Release, lift the faceplate of the buckle. Should I 22M send a follow-up text to an old friend 24F that I haven't talked to in a long time, and recently left me on read? Tittle leaves out a lot, here is some context. I met this girl approximately 7 years ago and we became really good friends. I developed feelings for her but it turns out she didn't quite feel the same. Despite that, I learned to accept it, and she was one of the best friends I've ever had. Fast forward approximately a year and a half and she had started dating a guy. I went overseas for a few months, and with that combination we pretty much ceased any form of communication. Fast forward another six months or so, and she eventually reached out to me, and we started talking again. Once again, she became one of my best friends and we spent tons of time together. This time however, her feelings had seemingly changed, and we started becoming more intimate. We messed around a bit, and had a semi-serious relationship for a small time but never really talked about it. It did turn out that she had a, more intimate, relationship with another guy and I eventually told her that I knew about it. We talked it out and I immediately stopped being intimate with her as it was clear that she was far more serious about the other relationship than she was about mine. I told her I didn't feel right doing the things we did while she was seeing the other guy. We were still friends after that, but given the whole situation I slowly stopped sending her messages as so did she. That takes us about three years back from today. 
We ultimately stopped talking to each other and stopped sending each other messages about three years ago. There was no explicit, I don't want to talk to you anymore, etc. Somewhere between that time and now she removed me off social media and other platforms, and I did the same. Jumped to two days ago when I sent the message, long time no talk, how have you been? It's on Messenger so I can see that she viewed the message, but no response. I can understand how getting a message like that from someone you haven't spoken to in a long time might be a little jarring. Because of our complicated past and the feelings that we have had for each other, be them good or bad, I can understand why she might not want to re-establish any form of communication with me, and in the end I'm okay with that. I just don't want her to think that I have ulterior motives for reaching out to her. I don't currently know her relationship status but I know for certain she is not with the guy she was with when we stopped talking. Setting aside the feelings I had for her and our other issues, I do genuinely miss her company, as she was maybe the best friend I have ever had. I drafted up this follow-up if in the case I was going to send one. I understand you probably don't want me to send you any more messages, but I just wanted to preface my last message so maybe I seem a little bit less like a weirdo. I'm not reaching out to you because I'm trying to get with you, or because I have any other ulterior motives. I know we may not have stopped talking on the best of terms, but there was certainly a good bit of time where you were one of my dearest friends, and that I certainly miss. Just a genuine curiosity of how you've been doing these past few years. And of course, if you don't want to, don't respond to this message and I won't send you any more, that I promise. Just wanted to reach out to an old friend. Anyways, should I send this message? Any other advice? Am I a big dumb? Thanks. TLDR, wondering if I should send a follow-up text to an old friend with a complicated history that left me on read. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Oh my goodness. Guys, this is something you never do with a woman like this. Let's examine this. First of all, this guy's 22, so he's young. Remember what I told you. Between 18 to 25 is when you're going to make your biggest mistakes in life. Fortunately for him, she did him a favor by leaving him. But here's the thing. She put him in the friend zone in the beginning. Which means that she kind of liked him, but he was not the main event. So basically, he was a 3 o'clock guy. And as you know, and those of you who can listen to the podcast that I made about the three, about the different old clock guys. Three o'clock guy is the guy that's going to communicate with her. He's going to always be available for a woman. She knows this. She's not sexually interested in him or be a friend. He's the kind of guy that she puts in the friend zone right off the bat, no ifs, ands, or buts. And if he's lucky, she may be desperate enough to call him up in times of need but again she'd have to be desperate I mean there could be no prospects on the horizon for her for that to happen and it's all about her womanly needs at that point now here's the thing they were friends when he tried to go forward with more intimacy at first she rebuffed him she turned him down she was with this new guy Things probably didn't work out with the new guy, so she comes back to him, 
and more than likely this guy was her girlfriend with a penis for a while she would go tell him all these things he would listen to her in the hopes of sleeping with her now eventually she's like well I'm not messing around with anybody else we can go and play around at this point he didn't realize that she had put him in a friends with benefits category and fellas I tell you all the time when a woman puts you in the FWB category you cannot fall in love with her or have emotions for her beyond the scope of sex and having a buddy if you go beyond that because a lot of women when they get into friends with benefits here's the thing you're not the destination you're just part of the journey what she's doing with you is she's using you for her womanly needs and she's letting you get your needs met by her that's it and a lot of women will tell you straight up in those kind of relationships I don't want nothing serious um, I just want a casual date when you see this on personal ads when they talk about I just want a date I don't want nothing serious this is what they're looking at because there's somebody out there that they see that's better than you you're not the guy for them I put it to you this way you're a t-shirt you're not a dress shirt for them so in this case he started copping feelings for this lady she was still seeing another guy while she was with him now in her head she wasn't cheating because she didn't make a commitment an exclusive relationship or commitment to him so as she saw it it was something to do right now and more than likely and guys listen up the reason why a lot of these women will have you in this kind of messed up situation is because you're doing something that she's not doing with the other guy if you notice this guy was talking about all the wild shit she was doing with him and he doesn't realize he was a test case so if she was going to try something experimental and it could be a plethora of things from anal all the way down to trying to see how much of him he could put in her mouth or whatever she's doing that with him he's a scratch pad now the new guy that she was with she had her limitations with him now there's a good possibility the new guy wasn't getting all the bills and whistles this guy was getting because what you have to remember is in some cases women will have a sexual portfolio one to satisfy herself with another guy but this fella unfortunately was the result of and the other guy in order to climb up that scale where she wants to get with the guy that would be more deserving of her so now what do you have here he's falling in love with this woman and now she's cut him off no more sex at this point he's thinking well let me fall back on our friendship that we had in the beginning no here's the thing you have to realize fellas when a woman sleeps with you that changes the friendship the dynamic altogether because then she knows if she starts sleeping with you and keeps doing it that you're going to become possessive 
you're going to want it all to yourself. And she realized that. And so she had to make a choice. And the choice was not to be with this guy, the 22-year-old, but to go and reach for the newer guy. Now, he finds out that she had you know, been with this other guy. He's thinking that, oh, there's still hope. And then eventually he cuts it off because now he realizes that he's been the fool. So what does he do? His recourse is, well, we'll kindle up the friendship again. There are very few women that will sleep with a man and still be in his presence after they've broken up. Now, ex-wives excluded, that kind of thing, but I'm talking about relationships. I will go even further in just a moment after we finish up concluding this. Now, here's the thing. He writes her, he texts her, messages her, she blocks him on social media. She's done. She's found someone else who she can have her womanly needs met with and who can actually fit the bill for what she needed. So in essence, she used this young man as a scratch pad. And now she's got somebody that she can go into prose with, so to speak. So she doesn't need to communicate with him anymore. Now, unfortunately for him, in his head and in his heart a bit, he was in a relationship with this woman. What he didn't realize, and I always tell you this, for a man to get to a woman where she loves him, he's got to get through her mind first, heart second, vagina third. Unfortunately, in this situation, he was under the misconception that because this woman was kind and gave him the vagina, she never gave him the mind and the heart. So he thought he had something. And what this did was left him confused, and he's still sitting there contemplating writing a letter to her, writing an email to her, and doesn't realize it's over. She's done. She has no interest in it. She'll never come back again. She's content. She found who she was seeking. The only possible way, remotely possible way, she could ever munch monkey branch back to him would be if that guy broke her heart in such a way that dropped her self-esteem down to zero and this guy would be right there to clean up the mess. And she knows with a guy like this, he's not going to give her the I told you so speech. Now, let's go on to what I would say would be the resolution for this. He's got to grow up and understand that it takes two to communicate, to get things going on, and he had to look at the value of that relationship, which really had, she was an expense. She was not even somebody you invest in. She would have been a waste of time as far as to pursue emotionally. But he didn't know that because she didn't really want a commitment, and he thought that because things were going good at one point, that, hey, it was going to be like this, and it was going to lead to something. He was not the guy for her, and she sold. Now, he has to move on. He has to grow out of it. 
he's still looking for closure, and there was really no relationship, so she feels as though she doesn't afford him any closure. And when I told you about women who, once they've slept with a man and they were dating them or friends with them, a lot of times they don't want to be around them anymore. I went on a date one night with a lady years ago, and she was telling me, "You're honest because everything you told me was true, but I just don't trust you." She had trust issues from past relationship. She was cheated on. She'd been in a seven-year relationship. Guy broke her heart. So she still had issues. She was very skeptical about everything. So we went out to dinner that night, and she's like, "Well, I just don't know. I just don't trust you." I said, "Okay, give me a moment." Went to the men's room, and I called my ex-girlfriend, the lady I just. Into the relationship with, and I asked her. I said, "What are you doing?" She says, "Not much." I said, "Would you mind if I bring my date over to your place?" And she chuckled, and she said, "Bring her on. It's no problem." Cool. The reason being is because guess what we did? At the end of our relationship, we ended on amicable terms. She was getting ready to relocate to Chicago for this promotion on a job. I ended the relationship. She wanted to stay at that time in Los Angeles, and she felt as though there was no need for her to go because we were starting a relationship. And I told her, "Don't miss out on this opportunity. Go for it, because you won't get a job like this in Los Angeles." And she was getting ready to tell the people no, and we went back and forth, and then finally she said. I just hate because it feels like I'm selfish. I said, "No, you're not selfish. What you're trying to do now is advance your career and your life. You'll find someone better than I am." And the thing you got to keep in mind is this: I'd be in the way of your growth. And she thought about it. And she said, "Well, damn. I guess you're right." She said, "Well, you won't be mad at me." I said, "No." So I came back to the table, took my date. I said, "Now." The trust issue is still a problem. She's like, "Yeah, I just don't know." I, don't. I said, "Okay." And so she says, "Where are you taking me?" I'm taking you to meet someone. Got over to my ex's house, introduced her. She was shocked, of course. She and my ex hit it off. They talked for about two and a half to three hours. She asked every kind of question you can imagine about me. And everything that I told her, my ex told her back, because it was true. After the date, and they became good friends and they're friends to this day. After the date, we're on our way back to her her place. She says, "I had never had anything like this happen to me before. You took me to your ex's place, and we're cool with that." And she said, "I don't understand this." And I told her, "I said, it's about the way you treat people. That's what it's about." I said, "That's all it is. It made no sense for a good woman like that for me to just stop her career, change her course." And by the way, folks, she went on was very successful in the job that she took. And retired, 
years later. She's trying to get out of Chicago now because of the crime and everything. But still, this is what happens. Sometimes you got to think beyond the obvious. A lot of people don't like doing that. A lot of people say, "Hey, you know, you should have just gone ahead, went to Chicago with her. You should have just told her to stay in L.A." Nope. She was in her twenties. Why stifle somebody's growth at that age? Now, what I'm getting at is, in this particular situation, the best strategy for this young man to have taken was a wait-and-see approach instead of a more active participant type of role, because she didn't tell him anything as far as. Any indication as to where she was going with their relationship? Nothing concrete, and he filled in the blanks. In relationships, this is where people get stoked. Always know where you are in a relationship with someone. Always know the status. Are we exclusive? Are we friends with benefits? Are we in a long-term relationship, short-term relationship? Long-distance relationship. How is this going to work? Have some concrete answers. Don't sit there and just exist in it. While this person may have another agenda that doesn't include you, and you sit in there like a damn fool, wasting your life with this person. Young man, I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you an ATN warthog. To get you out of that situation, so don't worry. Just cover down. This plane is going to come and save, just so you can get out of this ambush. Listen to your podcast day in and day out whenever I can. Man, you podcast a lot. I appreciate it though because I'm getting this knowledge and I really appreciate what you do. I'm so tired of the bickering and the woman hating and man bashing that I hear out there on many of the social media platforms. I'm stuck with a difficult situation. I'm separated. My wife left me for a 21-year-old guy. She's 38. I'm 39. And she told me that our relationship's over, and I would have to be the one to file for the divorce. The problem for me is my wife hasn't worked, and I'm still being considerate of her in that she doesn't have any health insurance outside of my job. And this is one of the things that I bear in mind. We have no children together. However, I have found out. That she is now pregnant of this 21-year-old young man. 
I'm just wondering. When it comes to paternity, what will happen here? Will I have to pay her child support? Will I have to pay him child support? What's the deal? I know you're not a lawyer, but have you ever come across anything like this before in the past? Your help would be most appreciated. Yes, sir. I had a friend of mine that did this. He and his wife were separated, and she got pregnant by another dude. He was married to another woman. I can only tell you one thing: there was a lot of money spent in the court system for paternity. Set out child support. It was a mess. Everybody walked away from that, feeling it. The attorneys made out like bad hands. They had them in court by every kind of motion you could think of. <sighs> What I can tell you, I'm not a legal professional, but I will tell you this: I majored in pre-law and for an associate, and I will use that. Consult an attorney, a family law attorney. About this particular situation, in many states, it usually comes down to where the father, being you, the husband, is the paternal father, even though she got impregnated by that 21-year-old gentleman. Now, what will probably happen is he could go to the courts if he could prove that that child is his. And if he decides to leave her, he can actually get the two of you for child support. Even though you're stuck with the liability and responsibility of taking care of a child, I know it's weird. Be very careful. Talk to an attorney, a family law attorney, a good one. Don't bullshit around with this. Because here's the thing you have to understand. She did that more than likely to stake her claim. This guy's 21 years old. He doesn't really have too much to offer for his career, financial stability. She's clinging on to him. Don't be surprised if she has another child with him before it's over with. Uh, you may need to consult a lawyer about what your next options are will be. Uh, one thing that I would look at. And this is just me speaking as a layperson. Talk to an attorney. Don't just go by what I say. You want to talk to an attorney about having a DNA test so that paternity could be established. Talk to them about that. That will be the thing. Because whatever the court says, whenever your relationship has to wind up in front of a judge, that means you've lost. And a lot of people are under the misconception that when you go to a therapist, that you've lost your relationship. No, that's the last time you're able to save it. By the time you get in front of a judge, your shit is on life support, and the judge is the one that's going to pull the plug. Now here's the problem, <laughs> and I hate to tell you this, sir. But it could wind up where 
you may be given a visitation for that child. Child is not yours, that you really don't know. I, I don't know why the hell she did that, really. But the only thing I can tell you, Robert, is best of luck to you. Look at the laws. I think you're in Texas. Look at the laws down there and find out what's going on. Talk to an attorney. Don't go on any of these websites and listen to these damn videos and shit. Go to a lawyer, a family law practitioner that's state licensed so that you can get the best result for this. But I can tell you, she did this more than likely to keep that young man in her life. Now, let me tell you ladies something. You call yourself cougars and milfs. I've dated a lot of you. The majority of women I've dated in my past have been women who are at least five to 20 years older than I am. Many times you're so insecure that you'll really go to this length in order to keep a man. I was with a lady one time that was 10 years older than me. Told me she didn't have any children. I said, oh, really? I said, you have the paperwork to show me that you're too good time. No, I shouldn't have to show you that. You should trust me. I pulled out that red bag of Trojan condoms with that white condom with the powder on it, not the one with the grease, but the one with the powder, that big bastard that bounces like a basketball. Every time I had sex with her, she was furious that I did that, but she went on with it. We broke up over that same issue, and I'd be damned, a year after we had broken up, I got an invitation to her baby shower. She got pregnant with this guy, first try. You gotta be careful, folks. You got to be careful. And ladies, if your self-esteem is that low when you got a travel man through pregnancy, there's a problem. Now, a lot of ladies say, well, Wait a minute. He should also be responsible too. I agree. But here's the thing. If he doesn't put on a condom, if he doesn't even attempt to put on a condom, he's disrespecting you. But some of you won't dig so bad you don't care. And he's going to use the pull-out method. And you're going to tell him about your rhythm and how you know your period and what your body's doing. Like your body can't change up on your ass and all of a sudden you get pregnant. Because it's a common thing. I remember the past, many women told me, oh, no, no, no. I want you raw. I think you could just come in my belly button. pregnant from pre-con, not just from the full load. Oops. 
so you gotta be careful. I tell you on this show, I talk about everything when it comes to relationships. Couldn't do that with sponsor. Oh no, then oh you can't talk about that. You can't say, please. But seriously, older ladies, get serious about this because this. Will put you in a place that you probably wouldn't want to be, especially with some of these younger men out here who are not bearing the responsibility. It's not worth it. It's not worth it. I tell you many times about the young lady who wrote me. She was 22. She had a 23-year-old boyfriend. Her mother was 35, going on 36, I believe. The mom had a 23-year-old boyfriend. Same age, almost as her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend. The mom's 23-year-old boyfriend tried to sleep with the 22-year-old daughter. Mom found out about it, got rid of the 23-year-old boyfriend. What did mom do in return? Slept with the 22-year-old, the boyfriend of the daughter. Got pregnant by him. And basically, the daughter left, and the daughter was trying to write me to see whether or not that was the way she could get through to her mother about what she was doing, that she didn't want to lose that relationship. But I had to inform her that the mom still had the mindset of that age when she had her. So that's all the development and growth she had. So she didn't start expanding her adulthood until that child got to her age and started to grow with her. But she still looked at her as her girlfriend, not as her daughter, and that was a problem. That's the reason why the daughter had her peers inside the house with her. Mom allowed. Now, understand another thing too, ladies. Some of you want to be with a younger guy because he's harder, his body's firmer, and it's that fantasy that you have. A lot of divorcees—that's what they want. They both get divorced, and they have that rock with them. But they won't get serious with him, of course, because they might have kids older than this guy or kids around the same age. As long as both consenting adults know that what the status of the relationship is and where it's going to go, don't see a problem with that. But understand, there are consequences with that. Not condoning it, but I will tell you this: if you start out with sex, you're going to end with sex on any relationship. Now. And of course, there are exceptions to the rule, but every exception is not the rule. That's the key. Now, another thing, I see a lot of ladies who are in their thirties and forties looking for love, especially in their fifties. And what has happened? Many of them have built up so many criteria. 
poor man to me. Then he's like, oh, fuck it. I'll just go get with someone younger who doesn't have all these things. This is how many of you older ladies are losing out on good men. Got too much shit up there. You're guarding yourself too much. It's okay to have a few rules and standards. But come on. I saw one ad the lady had in there. He must take his trash out three times a day. She had three paragraphs of the things that she required of a guy. But when it came down to the things about her, she said something like, nice, loving homebody that enjoys life and watching old movies, etc. But the requirements she had for this guy, you know, of course, she had some nice pictures with her butt, breasts, and all this other stuff. But who's going to put up with all that shit to get to that? When they can get to something that's younger, that is shapelier than she, and that he wouldn't have to go up through all that way. And this is where you got to watch and you got to draw that fine line, ladies. A lot of you miss out on good men with that. There have been plenty of women I was interested in, and I saw that shit down there, and it's like, uh -huh. Because what we see is that you've been damaged and you got too much shit that you're trying to correct. That's the reason why I don't go on Bumble. The majority of women I've been on Bumble damaged. Emotionally damaged. Still looking back, talking about past relationships, how bad they were. down to people to thinking your way through things, taking your time. You may be an older woman, a younger guy may be attracted to you. It might work. You never know. You never know. And many of you say, oh no, that doesn't work. I think you want to be some old jackass that's walking around with issues that you can't stand. Just like I hear a lot of these older women talk about, yeah, this dick can't get hard. And I'm like, okay. But now if a guy was to come out and make a video where your pussy was dry, your boobs were sagging, and half of milk just fucking dirt, that wouldn't work either. You gotta come off of this. Because that doesn't make you more appealing or attractive to anybody. But tell them, like talking about, I'm tired of men with salt dicks and all this other shit. What you're doing there? <laughs> the guy with the with the no hard penis that would want to be with you, he's not interested. He's not interested. Complaining will not attract the kind of guy that you desire. Complaining will attract the very guy you're complaining about, ladies. All these men, all they talk about is sex. Guess what you're gonna attract? That guy is saying, yeah, she's talking about that. That means she's already experienced it. So 
dog. She's used to what I'm going to ready to do to her. That's the way they look at it. That's the logic behind Johnson with the Hero Man of Truth. Ross Bakers, hope you're doing well. Tried the uh, test run with Spotify yesterday and it went pretty well. Going to be doing it again today. I'm going to try to start around 12 noon uh, Pacific Standard Time. Today is August 27th, 2021. So it's Friday. Hope everyone's doing well. We're going to go and give this a shot. So basically, you'll be able to call in with your questions or just join the panel, join the discussion, have some fun. We may try this. I'm thinking about trying it on um, Anchor, but I think Spotify would be a better platform. I tried it on Facebook yesterday. It didn't come out too well, um, but we're going to still go on. I do thank the people that chimed in on Facebook. By the way, folks, wanted to also let you know that my new single is out, Spanish Town, Spanish, S-P-A-N-I-S-H, Town, T-O-W-N-E, on Spotify. And uh, it's like a little Caribbean-type feel. And tomorrow, Inappropriate Behavior will be released on that same platform. So make sure you give it a listen. we got more coming that way. But... Let's get to the topic that we mostly talk about on this show, relationships. Now, there are a couple of things that I'm going to cover with you. One of them being, and this comes up more often than you think in relationships, that unreliable partner that you got. In the beginning, this person was very dependable, very reliable, you could count on them for anything, and now it's like they have gotten comfortable. It's on automatic pilot. Partner really doesn't want to do much, and they get upset if you make mention of their lack of enthusiasm. You complain, you nag, you control, you do everything possible, and now you're starting to see this person's true colors. What you have to remember is the start of a relationship is like a bell curve. You're indifferent to each other when you meet, so you're flat. Just like the bell curve when it starts out. You see an interest in each other, you start to incline on that bell curve. At the top, you you start to decide to have a relationship. After you start that relationship, provided that the two of you were truthful, you stay at that level, at the top on that relationship. If somebody overrepresented themselves, underrepresented themselves, lied to the other person, omitted things, then you have that immediate slump. And then once you have that slump, you have to realize where at what level will that relationship actually level off. Will it be... 50%, will it be 25%, or will it just crash and burn 
and you guys wind up being indifferent and you go your separate ways. It varies. Now, we'll take, for instance, the person held true to everything that they said in the beginning. And so now you went up the bell curve and you've leveled off at the highest point in the relationship. So everything's going well. Now that partner decides to come into their own. They're starting now to not be so attentive, a little bit lazy in the relationship. So you're noticing a decline in comparison to where you started and what you had. You're starting to worry a little bit. You confront them about it. You talk about it. Well, you don't necessarily confront them, but you talk about it. And during the throes of that conversation, you start to realize that this person is doubling down on this position. Now, they have been here before. That's the reason why they're comfortable doing it. So what this would tell you is they did everything possible to impress you, to get you into the relationship. Now they can be themselves. Instead of being themselves going through the relationship from the very beginning up, I'm telling you, there are things that people want to hide, elements of their personality that they want to hide and conceal and never reveal to their partner until after they're in a relationship. Because if they didn't, you would reject them flat out. And they've learned that lesson. That's the reason why they are deceptive. Now, this is something that's not so obvious. This is something that you will have to learn later on. This is the reason why a lot of people who get in relationships will say, hey, I didn't see that coming. I didn't know, you know that this was part of that person's personality. This is the reason why. Many of these people are very good at what they do when it comes down to concealment. And you have the lay person that's out there always saying, oh, you should have seen that. Bullshit, go somewhere and smoke a cigar. You don't know what you're talking about. These people are very sophisticated when they do this because they've already learned from past experiences how to avoid detection. That's the reason why they do it. So you get in this relationship with them. And now this is part of your relationship, whether you wanted it or not. So you're looking for a compromise. And at that point, that person's not even listening to you. So you got zero compromise on that person's part. What do you have to do then? Those of you who stay in relationships and cope, you give up a certain percentage. What that percentage is, having the ability to talk to that person about the problem. And so you start taking on that task. Now, once you start taking on that one task, we'll say it's take it out the trash. And then it escalates to where this person doesn't even want to go to the grocery store. You go to the grocery store by yourself. All of these things are measuring up because what this person is doing now is shifting the responsibility and accountability of the relationship onto you. But they're doing it in a covert way. And as you just decided, hey, it has to be done because there's only two of us, that's what they want. And then they want to pick and choose the responsibilities that they would take on. Sounds familiar? And when they do this, it has to be on their terms. Something they want to do. So that individualism, that person that wants to definitely be themselves this is how they assert themselves 
And once they realize that your tolerance is their acceptance, they got you. And there you go, in that limping relationship, complaining. And you stay in it two, three, four, five years, thinking things are going to improve. Then you normalize that discrepancy. Now, some of you will go to counseling. Usually, by this time, that person is looking at counseling like holy water to a vampire. They don't want to go because they've been down that road before, also. So they already know the pattern. They know what you're going to try to do to redress it. So what they're going to depend on is your insecurity and your culpability, because as long as you're going along with it, as long as you tolerate it, they look at it at as they look at it as acceptance. And as long as that takes place, you're at the disadvantage in that relationship where they want you. Now, the reason why they've lost other relationships is more than likely because of the same practice. Because after a while, it becomes a part of them, the way they operate, and they have no intentions of improving. You can wear yourself out trying to get them to do things, criticize them, belittle them. All of those things you can go through the playbook. They've already been through. They already know what you're going to try to do next, and so they're just going to sit there. And the more and more you try, the way they look at it, the closer they have reeled you in to the relationship to comply with what they want. And here's when they know they have won the battle. When you say you give up, and you still go through the relationship. And now you're self-policing. Well, I'll take out the trash because I know he's not going to take it out. I'm going to do this because, and this goes with women too, because guys, women do this as well. And it gets to a point where it's like, well, damn, I'm doing everything myself. You're frustrated. You want the relationship to work. You love the person, but you don't love the behavior and the attitude and the disposition. And you're stuck. So what do you do? You complain to your girlfriend, ladies. You do this a lot. What men will do most often is find another woman to complain to, because what they're looking for at this point, ladies, is someone who could correct that behavior. Now, it may start out where he started bellyaching, and it may wind up in an intimate relationship with this woman. Don't be surprised if you ever find out that this woman looks. Similar to you in size, build, and stature. Usually, with men, we kind of get the woman we want physically. It's the mechanics inside the woman that we may have an issue with, and so therefore, they may stick to that same type of build of woman when they cheat. Other guys don't. They may go for something totally different because they don't want to be reminded of what's at home. But in this case. This also reflects what he feels about you. When he goes for a woman that's totally different from you, he's trying to distance himself emotionally as far as possible and physically from you. He doesn't want to be reminded that other woman who has similar characteristics as you do. That's the woman he kind of wish you were. He would never tell you this, and when you see this woman, you're like, "Damn!" Because here's the thing: in this case, he loves you, 
flat and you have the same physical characteristics he wants so he selected the person he wanted physically but there are some things associated with you that he has a problem with where this other lady doesn't have that problem so what it comes down to she's making him feel like he's with you this woman is the kind of woman that can take your husband or boyfriend at any time because what she's going to do is comport herself behaviorally in order to outdo you that's how it's done now that woman that he's like going all off the deep end with that's not so much built like you or doesn't look like you at all in any kind of way as far as frame size or anything like that usually men don't leave their wives for these women occasionally they do but usually they don't and the reason being it's an adventure this is the reason why you hear a lot of guys say stuff like for instance she meant nothing to me usually they're trying to get out of a lie when they say that but what it comes down to with the woman who doesn't look like you in any kind of way shape form or fashion he's basically saying I'm kind of done with her and I'm trying to go over here now more than likely he's not going to stay with this woman but he wants to go out and have something different he said a lot of guys who cheat they usually cheat with a woman that looks nothing like who they are married to or dating ones that do trust and believe they took their time out and really examine this woman before they did they just didn't go out there and willingly cheat those guys that get someone that looks similar to them according to this one study that I read it has to do, do with the fact that they didn't want to psychologically feel like they were cheating on their partner when they actually were I know it's a stretch ladies for you to comprehend but this is the way some men think there was a lady that contacted me and she was having a lesbian relationship I wouldn't say a lesbian relationship more or less a bisexual relationship with her female neighbor husband wouldn't listen to her husband was suspicious of her cheating with other men so that female neighbor became the confidant and, let, and then later on became the lover husband found out about it felt helpless defenseless nothing he could do and once she realized she had that power over him she made him comport himself to her liking he could have left he chose not to he was going to stay according to the wedding vows and it wound up where she was still with this woman he was with her but no threesomes or anything of that sort the sad thing about it I tried to give this man as many options as possible tried to give her as many options as possible they didn't want to go to therapy the only thing they wanted to do was keep things the way they were fine why are you writing me with your complaint then this is the reason why some people like to complain about a situation and do nothing about it 
they just want to vent. I threw it off. What was the benefit? Wasting my time. One a moment. Romantic Truth would like to take this opportunity and applaud our listeners and over 40 countries for their support. If you need someone to talk to in regards to help, you may contact the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 800-273-8255, available 24 hours. All correspondences read on the show have been pre-screened and pre-approved by the submitter to be aired on the show. The views and opinions of this podcast does not reflect those of Romantic Truth, Anchor, Spotify, or any of its affiliates. The opinions expressed are solely those of the host and guests, and should not be deemed as professional guidance, advice, or a professional practice. In the event you may need professional assistance, contact your local federal, state, or county agencies for specific assistance in social services, family counseling, or mental health services. For all medical, legal, and financial services please contact the appropriate licensed and certified professionals within your region. The music that is provided on this podcast that is not provided by Anchor is used under waiver by Jaws and One Music for fair use. Please be advised that the content of this podcast is under copyright by Romantic Truth and James Adams.